Welcome to 10 Minutes of Truth. There are 31,000 people incarcerated in Virginia, from teenagers to senior citizens. Lives are being disrupted. The biggest tragedy is mothers being separated from their children, with harsh, lengthy sentences looming over their heads. Decades of separation causes chaos and uncertainty. The scales of justice may not be fair. Waiting on sentencing takes a toll on your mental health. This guy goes on to do 20, 30 years that you forget about, but he's still alive in the prison. However, 10 Minutes of Truth is trying to help balance them. If you look at the big picture, restoration of parole can not only save taxpayers dollars, it can be an investment into the future by way of having returning citizens take responsibility for their actions and value their newly found freedom. Everybody's not on board. However, some are pleased with the expectation of being reunited with family. The 10 Minutes of Truth podcast reaches a wide variety of people right where they are and around the world. You should be excited about hearing the truth. Do your research. Draw your own conclusions. We have 10 Minutes of Truth is available on most podcast outlets. Our television specialist airing soon on DirecTV and Dish Network. Incarceration, the judicial system, and its outcomes are controversial, just like this episode's guest. We've been here before, and now we're back with Senator Joe Morrissey on the 10 Minutes of Truth podcast. Thank you, and welcome to the truth. I want to thank our sponsors, the Trent Law Practice in Halifax. These guys know that anytime you need a lawyer, whether you were injured in a car accident, face criminal charges, or have family issues, it's probably the most stressful time of your life. Mike Trent and everyone there is committed to seeing you and your family come out of a bad situation the best way possible. So if you even think you need a lawyer, give them a call at 434-471-4339 or look them up at TrentLawPractice.com. Most consults with Mike are free, either in the office or over the phone. That's TrentLawPractice.com or 434-471-4339. 10 Minutes of Truth with Sean A. Barksdale is committed to bringing you the truth. Hello, everybody. This is Sean A. Barksdale, and this is 10 Minutes of Truth. Uh, I remember being incarcerated, and there were two names that would come up when you wanted a defense lawyer, right? It was Michael Moorchild. I knew you would say that. <laughs> it was Michael Moorchild huh? yep. and Joe Morrissey, right? That's who you wanted. And Michael Morchow, also known as Magic Mike. Magic Mike. <laughs> passed away a couple of years ago. Did he? I didn't know that, man. Yeah, and a little a little funny story. We would be out sometimes, or he would be out in a group, and people would come up to him, and they'd see him in the right. know, bar or restaurant, and they'd say, Joe Morrissey. Yeah. <laughs> and Mike used to tell me, he said, oh. He said, I corrected him every time. Uh, no, it's Michael Morchow. Beautiful, but, um, man. That's yeah, beautiful. he was... Very much an advocate. A absolutely, for absolutely. You guys, reform. you guys, y'all name rang supreme in the system. Um, as you, without a doubt, we have Senator Joe Morrissey with us today. How you doing, Joe? Man, I'm doing great, Sean. It is an honor to appear Thank you. on your podcast. Thank you. Kudos to all that you've done Thank you. in your life. You are the epitome of somebody who took lemons and second made chances. lemonade. Second yeah. chances. And, and we're going to talk a lot about second chances. Um, a lot of people will think that this episode is about those second chances, about uh, parole reform, right? And it is. And it is. But there's an underlying factor that we have to talk about, and that's voting, right? We, and the next, next month, we'll have elections coming up, uh, state and local uh, elections. So what 10 Minutes of Truth 
um, has valued and uh, to do is to bring the best professionals that we can to a particular topic. And we really see you and feel that for this particular topic, you're one of the experts in it, man. So we really appreciate you being here. My, my pleasure. Out. I see my role right. in the Virginia General Assembly to champion criminal justice reform. Beautiful. I've been there two years. Beautiful. We have done tons. We have done tons. tons. We're gonna, we, they say yeah. in Australia, heaps. heaps. Absolutely. And, and we're going to come to that. So first... Uh, let me give y'all a little bit about who Mr. Morris. First of all, happy belated birthday, September 23rd, correct? Good memory, yes. All right. Just good last deal, week. Last week. Last week. You seem right. like a uh, crab leg type of guy. You crab leg <laughs> type of guy. <laughs> I did not have crab legs, okay. but growing up on the north, and we'd have, we'd spend our summers in the northern neck. Okay. And my mother had a, we had six kids, usually two or three stragglers, and she kept a pot of crabs going all right the on. time so right when on. guests came in right we had on. so i am a big huge fan beautiful. of crabs beautiful man beautiful uh an american democrat politician businessman former lawyer who won the election to both chambers of the virginia general assembly from districts including richmond and surrounding henrico county virginia he currently represents virginia's 16th senate district Having been elected during the 2019 Virginia election, he represents much of Southern Richmond, as well as all the cities of Petersburg and Hopewell, and the portions of Chesterfield, Dinwiddie, and Prince George County. Is that correct? That's it. A huge swath of Central Virginia absolutely. I represent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, give us the early years. What, what, what drew you? Because I, I know we talked about you know, your uncle Right. What drew you to law? That's funny. I um, was in my last year at UVA. Right. I was going to go to medical school. Okay. I had taken chemistry and biology and physics and uh, organic chemistry. Still have nightmares about alkenes and alkynes and alkanes. Right. And then I took a course and was actually in the education department, Met a criminal defense attorney, and it was a light switch. Right then, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to law school. Went to Georgetown Law School. I got involved in their actual practice program where you represented defendants in the United States District Court really? and for Washington, D.C. Hmm. And um, I loved it. And uh, I once heard the expression, if you find a profession or find work that you love doing, whether it's a podcast, practicing law, uh, designing clothes. If you love doing it, you never have to go to work for a day in your life. And, and that was true. And um, so actually in law school, in my second year, and my third year, I got to represent and defend people in federal district court as part of the uh, criminal justice clinic at Georgetown Law School. Mm. And I'll never forget my very first trial I was sitting next, we had an assistant U.S. attorney sitting right next to us, but we did everything. We prepared everything, we did voir dire, federal district court judge was sitting up there, and I'll never forget, I was 23, right. so we're, we're talking about 40 years ago, right. you know, and I got to admit, Sean, I'm looking pretty, right. pretty good for you 64, are, I, right? The haircut or, helps too, I told I, you, yeah. the haircut helps. It's the first thing you said today, I like the haircut. <laughs> right. Um, but, I mean, you can't deny beauty, right? You cannot. Okay. So, 
41 years ago, I'm sitting in a U.S. district courtroom, and the judge, and I'm sitting behind 40 jurors. Mm. The judge is up there, um, and the judge is explaining to the 40 possible people on the jury what is going to happen in the next couple of days with this jury trial. And he said, now, ladies and gentlemen, the United States of America is represented by Assistant United States Attorney Joe Morrissey mm. and Charlie so-and-so. You can turn around, and they turn around, and I'll never forget it. First of all, I was as nervous as can be. Right. And now, remember, that's 41 years ago, so right. I looked like I was probably about 12 years old. Right. And the entire panel turned around to look at the United States, Special Assistant United States Attorney Joe Morrissey, and I'll never forget it. Two African-American women in the very front row, sitting right next to each other, turned to each other like this. <laughs> right. What's the joke going on here? Right. There's a child sitting right, right. here. Right. Um, but um, that was my first trial, jury trial. Right. And it was just, I love doing it. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And whether it's as a prosecutor or a defense attorney, and I like doing defense work right. more, it's more rewarding. Right. Um, but I've That brings to, us, that, that you saying that right there, because um, there are two underlying principles that we got to understand. Uh, Joe had us up here a couple of weeks ago. Senator had us up here a couple of weeks on the Fighting Joe Morrissey show. And uh, thank you for that, first and foremost. But the thing was, uh, the, one of the questions that I asked, you got to be in economics, right? And you graduated Georgetown Law. Right. So the two principles that we have to understand in this interview is that, first, Senator understands money, and he understands the law. Right. Those two things. So when we get into this police, I mean, and to parole and the reform, you understand it different. That's what we want people to you might understand. have a different perspective. About right. It. And I realize that you can't with respect to parole. You can't. We cut it off in 1995. Right. It was a mistake. Right. Uh, it sounded great in campaign sound bites, ending parole, lock them up forever or whatever. Right. It doesn't work. You've got to give people in life all the time, an incentive That's to right. do better. That's right. That's right. If you incentivize people to do better, right. they may right. or often will. Right. But if there's no incentive, like parole, if it's abolished, there's no hope, why would anybody try to improve their position while right. they're incarcerated? That's right. They simply wouldn't. Now, you know who's got that figured out to a T? Huh. Insurance companies. Follow me on You this. were talking about that. Yeah. You were talking about Insurance that. Insurance companies realize that if they have safer drivers out there, right. there are fewer accidents, right. right? It's a fact. How do we incentivize people to drive safer? The demerit point system. We get certain demerits if you have a dri driving infraction, but the insurance companies say, if you go a year, two years, three years, four, five, without an infraction, what happens to those demerits? Yeah, they right. fall off. That's right. They've incentivized you right. to drive well. Right. If you drive well, Fewer accidents. Right. That's why we have to reinstate parole. Right. We have to incentivize people while they're locked up to know that there's right. there's hope out there. There's a second chance. They, you, right. are a prime example, can go on to become a productive Absolutely. Uh, citizen. Absolutely. So that's why I got re parole reinstated for juvenile defendants. 
who have served we, 20 years at a time. Absolutely. Parole absolutely. reinstated for fishback defendants. Absolutely. Um, and this year I'll introduce legislation to, to reestablish parole throughout the Commonwealth. Beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Uh, before, before this point that you were at, you started out as a prosecutor, though, correct? Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. years? I was a prosecutor back in 1984, became an assistant Commonwealth attorney in 1984, December of 84, and then a little bit later than four years after that, won a primary to become Commonwealth attorney. Okay. And one of the things that I was most proud of that, when I was an assistant Commonwealth attorney, uh, we had, our office was the biggest in the state, hmm. okay? Uh, there was one African-American prosecutor. Right. Um, no prosecutor had ever been a deputy. And one of the things that I ran on is a more inclusive, diversive office. When I became Commonwealth attorney, half of my office was African-American prosecutors. I hired the first uh, deputy Commonwealth attorney in Richmond. Mm. She went on to become a judge. Wow. Um, and I saw the benefits of diversity, mm. and it continues to this day. Is that why you you, you so much like switch sides? No, no. I you know part of that is just life's mm. doings, right. uh, and many people get their start prosecuting and they go into defense work. Um, and I have great regard for those prosecutors right. that seek justice. Mm. Less regard. For those prosecutors that seek to get a conviction mm. all right um and as a defense attorney i found it more rewarding more challenging i felt like i was serving the people better as a defense attorney and then the whole fighting joe moniker just it, developed it, right, from there right, right. and um it uh uh and now i you know i'm doing the same thing right you know, maybe not in the courthouse, but in the state house, right. enacting laws that are changing right. people's lives. Right. My, I talked about my parole, the laws that change parole. Right. But I introduced a bill that abolished the death penalty. Right. That changes people's right. lives. Absolutely. I, I introduced Absolutely. a bill that ended uh, uh, bail prescriptions. People right. weren't able to make right. bail. I introduced a bill that allowed that prohibited the police from engaging in right. chokeholds or right. no-knock entries um, and I introduced a bill that created more mental health dockets That's in right. the Commonwealth that allowed evidence of mental health illness to come in during the guilt or innocent phase That's right. so many things were done that made things fairer right. for defendants correct, um, correct. and um, and, and now I'm doing it on a larger stage. So I, uh, I think that my work now in the State House is ever as compelling and as, is as rewarding as anything I've ever done. Right. I, I, I will agree as well. Uh, just speaking about because, um, and we'll talk about that, uh, one of the laws that you had about armed robbery. Sure. I, I, I had an armed robbery charge. So moving along back to the incentive. Hard. I didn't. I sat for 15 years. It was no incentive. I had to just change. I just had to have it. It was nothing. <laughs> when were you convicted, Sean? In 2001. Okay, so you were convicted after parole was abolished. Yes. So why did Allen? Why did Allen? Why did he in 94? Because you left in 93. Okay. So why did he abolish parole in the first place? Well, um, I think one. And I'm going to give him 
his due. Maybe right. he, in his heart, he felt that that was what was good for Virginia. Right. It sure as heck was a great campaign slogan, mm. abolishing parole. Nobody, Sean, has ever lost an election by being tough on crime. Mm. Let me repeat that. Mm. Nobody has ever tell lost... Tell them that. Make sure you tell them that. Nobody has ever lost an election by being tough on crime. Other people have lost elections by being fair and compassionate. So every one of my bills, and I have gotten every one of the most compelling criminal justice reform bills in the last two years bears my signature mm. as a chief patron or co-patron. And I'm running, I'll be running for re-election, and I'll be running on that. That's right. I am proud to initiate criminal justice reform in Virginia. Um, and I am proud to say it's not our, it's it's nothing wrong with being compassionate, showing people mercy. Uh, redemption is good for the soul. Second chances are good. Right. You're a testimonial testament to that. Right. You're sitting here and here in my office. Yes. With your own crew, your podcast, and you, and you're paying taxes right. to the Commonwealth of Virginia. You're a productive citizen. Right. I, I believe you have a family. I do. Why would we want you right. to remain in prison where the state can pay $40,000 a year to keep you locked up right. when you can come out and become productive? Absolutely. So, um, uh, so that's, and that's why this is so important. That's why this segment is so important because I am that second chance. You've had second chances. We've all had second chances at some at some stage. So, you know, looking at incarceration from a few angles. And the thing about 10 Minutes of Truth is that we always try to give people an informed decision to make. Right? When it's time to vote, you just have an informed decision from us. We're not saying, oh, we're Democrat, oh, we're, not, we're Republican, oh, we're liberal. No, we just bring you the truth. That's all we want to do is just bring the truth. You make an informed decision. Correct. So with that being said, what is, the, what is the gain of having no parole? What's the gain? There is no gain. The, the <laughs> oh, thought wow. was this. If you lock them up, mm. they won't commit other crimes. Mm. Society will be better for it. And we found out that that's not the case, okay? You know what's better is when somebody goes into prison, they've committed a crime, incentivize them to change their life. Mm -hmm. Give them programs, whether it's learning to be a broad, a, a talk show host, right. a barber, right. a cosmetologist, right. a welder, a plumber, an electrician, a building contractor. Right. Uh, some people go to... To school, I there are people that are in prison right now that want to get out and go to law school. They call me. I tell them there's no reason they can't do that. Absolutely. And they are taking coursework to do that. They will come out and become a productive citizen. That's what we want. Absolutely. It's so easy to say, Absolutely. oh, he or she committed this crime. Lock them up. Throw away the key. That's right. And you know, and and that's it. But I don't believe that. First of all, I think it's. Unchristian, it's unseemly, it's unwarranted, it's lots of uns, and it doesn't make. Right. We don't, we don't, we don't improve That's our right. state. That's right. Um, because just moving back to what you just said, when I was in prison, um, one of my businesses is I own a printing company, okay. and I got graphics communication. Last place that I was at, uh, in prison. In prison. Okay. Now the thing about it is, I, that's just something. A lot of guys they just take up time and space. They don't. They go to plumbing, but they don't really learn it because they got thirty more years to do. You know. So, 
um, there's no incentive there unless it's just you want to do it. I wanted to learn these trades. I wanted to learn commercial cleaning. But they said, oh, you whenever your time is up, you can go try it. But we, it wasn't an incentive. You see, so what you're saying is if you have that type of incentive to say, OK, if you take and complete this, this can happen to your GCA level. Yeah. It, yes. We now we pass a law that now give earned sentence credits. Mm. That's getting closer okay. to parole. I call that parole light. Mm. But isn't that some some folks said, oh, we don't want to do that. Why wouldn't you Why want wouldn't you? to encourage people Why wouldn't to you? take a course, to get an associate's degree, to get a... Uh, Top mark in plumbing yes. or electronics yes. or barbering, why not right. make that person a better person? The prison is better, society will become better. Absolutely. And um, I mean, and, and everybody, you know, when you, if you give people a second chance, you will find there'll be real, I call them pearls that you can locate, real gems. Do you remember Joe Geritano? No. Who was uh, on death row for capital murder okay. and actually went to the death death chamber four times. And then he was finally, uh, because of other evidence, uh, his time was commuted. Mm. But came close to being executed. Mm. Um, very well-known uh, person who was on death row for 25 years. Wow. Do you know what he's doing now? What's he's working as a paralegal <laughs> and doing a great job. That is beautiful. Do you and, know where and, he's working? And that's what I'm talking where? This office. Really? Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. man, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I, I, we, as good we a writer. to understand that. As good we a writer as I've ever that. seen. I didn't. Joe worked at another law firm, and I saw his writing skills right. and his ability, and we talked about issues, and his heart is to improve the criminal justice system, and he's doing a great job. So... Anybody that tells me that there's there's not a second chance or there's no redemptive value to giving people a second chance, I just say right. you're you're missing the most. You, you're you missing are. the game. You are. What which why a senator? Why did you want to become a senator? These are laws that I've enacted in the last last uh, two years. Hmm. Um, you mentioned robbery. It was my bill right. to establish gradations of robbery. Everything, robbery was five to life, okay? Right. But there were gradations of robbery. Right. That was my bill that I introduced that changed that. I, it was, um, I also think that having a criminal record can sometimes harm somebody in their educational prospects, mm -hmm. housing, employment, health. So why not, again incentivize people when they get out to do well. So they get out, they have a misdemeanor conviction, they go eight years without a blemish. Hmm. Why not expunge or seal that record? Right. I first introduced that in 2012, and people said, oh, they thought it was a crazy idea, an outer space idea. That's hmm. now the law. Hmm. And I'm one of the authors of that. Absolutely. And we're expunging and sealing some felonies and most misdemeanors. And we're gonna to continue to do that. It, I mean, move, that, that's phenomenal because uh, just a little bit for you guys to understand what Senator has done. Um, we just talked about changing the robbery, robbery penalty structures, right? Uh, that was big for uh, uh, me. Um, I had, real briefly, I went with a co-defendant, right, into a store, 
and robbed the store, right? One store, two owners. They gave me two robbery charges, two gun charges. With mandatory minimums. Mandatory on the gun minimums. Charges. On, the, on the gun charges. Three and five years. Absolutely. The judge started ringing off so much time I sat down. I said, I can't stand up no more. He gave me 75 years. I started losing track of the time right. that they was giving me. What jurisdiction? Uh, I was in Lunenburg. Right. Lunenburg. Was a gun fired? No. Is anybody injured? No. All right. So he charged you with two counts of robbery, two counts of use of a firearm. As I sit here today, and I don't say this uh, in a cheeky fashion, right. I'm just grateful that there weren't four owners of that store. Absolutely. Or six. Yeah, because you could have had six counts Absolutely. of robbery. Absolutely. And the mandatory minimums, that's the problem. Yep. Here's a great example. A young man, a juvenile, um, was charged with five adults mm. with robbery. It was a summertime party. They got him to go along. They go into a, the party, and they took some money from the party, people in the party. He didn't even hold the gun. Right. right. Somebody else had the gun. That's right. I'm not even sure he benefited at all. He was more along for it. The adults pled to, to offenses, and they got between zero and five, eight mm -hmm. years. He didn't do anything, right. he told his lawyer. I was there. They asked me to go along. They were all the adults, older. They charged him with seven counts of robbery. Yes, sir. Seven counts of use of a firearm. Yes, sir. What's the mandatory minimum for those those firearm charges? That's you the, got it. You, yeah. Three years in the first. Yeah. Five for oh. second through seven. Yes. Yes, That's sir. That's thirty-three years. Yes, sir. Mandatory minimum. The they judge cannot suspend it. Fast. Right. So he went to trial and said, "I didn't do it." The jury found him guilty of the seven robberies and the seven use of a firearms. Wow. The judge had to give him 33 years. The judge gave him uh, something like uh, 100 years, suspended all but 33, wow. which he had to do. I filed a petition to get him, uh, the judge, to, the, the governor, to grant him a conditional pardon. Ooh. All the other adults, they never went to jail for more than three or four years. Right. And aren't all out. Here's a 17-year-old that has to serve 33 years. I came across so many men like that. Sure. So many men like that. That is um it's it, it's 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 painful it is. for me to see. It is. It is. That's why something you introduced, you introduced the creation of the Chesterfield Public Defender's Office, correct? Yes. July 1st this yes. year. Yep. Tell me about that. Sure. Um first of all, the um we have public defenders offices throughout the state and they have they do great work. But they also have court-appointed attorneys. And far too often court-appointed attorneys are appointed to the case and they simply waive the preliminary hearing, collect the fee, go up to circuit court, six charges, plead them, then not press five, plead them to one. It's like that. Mm. Not defending people the way, zealously. And I'm, I'm generalizing, I'm not saying everybody is like that. Right. I realize that people's rights, particularly minorities, yeah. are better protected when you have a zealous public defender who's not going to waive the preliminary hearing. Because that's all they did. 90% of the cases. Okay, judge calls the case Commonwealth versus Siegfried. 
all right, 10 charges here, blah, 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 blah. Waive reading of the warrants, waive preliminary hearing, certify the 10 charges to the circuit court. Go to the circuit court, prosecutor says, plead guilty to these two, take seven years, will not cross eight. Go to the defendant, got a great deal, got eight charges dismissed. Mm. Plead to two, got seven years, mm. you know. Well, might be great for you. Right. Ain't great for him right. to serve seven years. That's right. He might be innocent. Right. Fight for him. Right. That's why I have a public defender's office in Chesterfield that's not going to be fighting for these people. I won't shake your hand for that. I, I met a lot, a lot of people that didn't get that fast shake. It's, it's men and women. I remember when I was on your show, you talked about the lady that kicked the guy. Yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Sitting. That's disgraceful. It is. And she is. And, and there's just a turnaround. It's just, a, it's just a turnaround now. Hey, take the deal. Take the deal. Take the deal. Take the deal. Yeah. And in and, and that, that case, you, you know. Right. It just we, That's why we need parole back for juveniles. Right. Their brains aren't formed. This was a 17-year-old high school student, 4.0, that kicked somebody who was drunk, and he right. fell back and cracked his head. Right. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Right. He died. Right. Shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been uh, assaulting them verbally and somewhat physically. And I'm not saying what she did was right, but it was not a 20-year case. Right. So, but, right. but you know what? I've been fighting for those folks absolutely you know for three decades I, and, and, and i've and, seen and, it and, and a lot <laughs> I've of yeah it. i've seen and it. a lot of prosecutors didn't like it a lot of judges might not like it that's right why i had a bullseye on my back a absolutely but that's absolutely. not going to change that's right and there's a whole new string of morrissey's coming along you after me <laughs> that will continue that that's right on, and which of those judges right reach on. see bella morrissey that's in right in the courtroom that's right oh she, she'll she will rock their world there you go man that's beautiful because um, one of our earlier sponsors, um, the Trent Law Practice, right? Yep. And uh, and Blair and Mike Trent that we interviewed back um, earlier part of the year and about the restoration of parole. I mean, restoration of rights uh, because I was trying to get my rights back. You know, my first time voting was last year. And we are talking about voting. Why voting is so Congratulations. important. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank first you time, My first time voting, man, 44 years old. You know, 44 years old, I lost my right. I'm 18, right? You got your civil rights restored. That's you right. can now vote. Yes, sir. You can run and hold yes, elective sir. office. Public notary. I can, yeah. You can be served on a jury. Yeah. Yeah, you can absolutely. be a notary. Absolutely. Um, but the, the thing about that is their passion for voting, right? And they spoke um, candidately about voting. We want to uh, show you all a short clip on how passionate they were. When an individual rights are restored, right? Mm -hmm. We know one of the major things is the right to vote, mm -hmm. right? What are some of the other things that you get back? So, and you'll appreciate this, the right to sit on a jury is probably the next most important right that okay. you get if in the what are called the civil rights okay. that get restored. You also can serve as a notary public once you've had your civil rights restored. You can run for public office, which is also really important if for no other reason, McDonnell, even though he's a Republican governor, the reason he cared so much about restoration of rights is when he was an attorney, he had a client come in and ask him, hey, can you help me get my rights restored? And he was like, sure, I'll sit down. I have, it's a new area of law. Let me figure it out. Right. It was so difficult at mm. the time for him to do it that he said, if I'm ever governor, I'm going to fix this for people. Right. And right at the end of his term, before he uh, had his little troubles and, was, and left office, um, he 
made sure that he snuck that in right at the end. Wow. That, the, that he changed it. He couldn't do anything about the violent crimes at that time because the legislature was still so conservative. But he made it so that if you didn't have what was considered a violent crime, it was a automatic, you just fill out one sheet of form, whereas before it had been like a five-page form. And the, the violent rights one, it was like a 13-page form. It was mm. awful. And it wasn't automatic even if you did that. Right. right. You, they still had to go through the approval process. He made it to a one-page form. He put it on the internet under the Secretary of the Commonwealth's website. Bing, bam, boom. Social security number, last name, where you got the felony conviction. Send it off. Automatic. And the Secretary of the Commonwealth is going to fix it. Hmm. And Mike's right. we got to keep up with the legislature. But that's why it's important to get your rights restored is hmm. so that you can vote, so that you can make sure the legislature knows what it is that you want to hear because they're supposed to be up there representing you. So if you want to get your rights back for voting, it's it's really important to go ahead and apply now. And then that sets the tone for who is going to be making these decisions later on. And now I got off on a little bit of a tangent there. The right to sit on a jury. The reason you're going to find that interesting is if you have a crime that you have been um, charged with and you're going before supposedly a jury of your peers okay. until recently they did all of that through voting so it was less likely hmm. so the people who get pulled and actually I said until recently I think they uh, still do that's it that's how they do it yeah they pull voting records and that's how well, they, voting rolls you, voting don't, rolls. you don't have to have actually voted you have to be registered okay so register to vote and that's the person that's the pool of people that the clerk's office pulls from so you you get selected to possibly sit on a jury based on whether or not you can vote. So mm. in until recently, that was mostly white people, mm. mostly white men. Mm. Um, so in, in the last 50 years, that's really changed. And in the last five years in Virginia, it's changed even more. Because if you have somebody who is looking more like you when you are sitting in the defendant's chair of a jury, and you're looking at people who look more like you, they're more likely to identify with you. They're mm. more likely to be more empathetic with you Absolutely. when they're sitting there and they're having to decide whether or not, beyond a reasonable doubt, you committed a crime. Mm. Hi, my name is Mike Trent. I'm at the Trent Law Practice here in Halifax, Virginia. I'm a son of Southside, Virginia. Uh, that's the reason I came back here after law school, because I want to represent my friends and neighbors uh, in the courts of Halifax County and the surrounding areas. We take it really personally that that we deal with regular people and we want to help regular people with what are sometimes very difficult challenges. Our focus is on litigation. We do criminal defense. We do family law. We do quite a bit of personal injury. Uh, we, we also help in other areas. So if you have questions, please feel free to give us a call, sh- shoot me an email, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, website. That should be on your screen. Um, thank you for your time and I thank you for uh, watching or listening to this today. All right, we're back. Um, so... Uh, I want to ask you a question about uh, this bill, this parole bill. The one that I'm going to introduce yes. in the 2020 the, the one you're introducing, what, what's the structure of it? To remember, it was my bill that got Fishback Defendant's Parole Review. It is. And, and, and Dave Mars, Senator Marsden, and I co-sponsored legislation to give juveniles parole review after serving 20 years. I, I, I want to do so much more than that. I want very clearly to reestablish parole in Virginia. Mm. Period. Paragraph. Full stop. Let me repeat that. My bill that I will introduce in January of this year in the 2022 General Assembly session is to reestablish parole in Virginia. And what that means is people now will be considered 
for parole after serving serving a certain percentage of their sentence, far less than 85%, which is the way it is right. now. Right. Um, and let and, them know. Let them know. Yeah. And also, after we do that, as you know, my jury, my bill, I also introduced legislation that um, allowed for a jury trial, but judge sentencing. Mm. That was wow. huge. Huge. And it now, it chilled, people were chilled into not taking a jury trial because the jury would sentence. Yes. And the prosecutor might say, and this yes. happened all the time. Yes. I say this to my prosecuting friends up in uh, Fredericksburg and mm. Stafford, particularly Stafford. The, the plea, the def a prosecutor would come to a defendant and say, your client is charged with simple possession of cocaine. Um, we'll offer him six years. Mm. Defense attorney said, well, no, the sentencing guidelines are only 18 months. Oh, we're taking a trial. <laughs> and he says, I'll just take a trial to the judge. Take the prosecutor trial. would say, what? No, we demand a jury trial. That jury could give him up to 40 years. Right. Okay? Right. And uh, they'd end up pleading and taking that six years. So now my right bill, now. they get the jury trial, and if they're found guilty, they get the judge sentencing. Yes. That is revolutionized. The, the Daily Mail, when that bill passed... It made it in 70 newspaper, or 90 newspapers across the world, including the Daily Mail in England. And it said, Virginia changes law after 20, 224 years. Man. Um, Sean, whose bill was that? That's your bill. Joe, Joe Morrissey's bill. Joe Morrissey. Fighting right. Joe Morrissey. So I, now people can have their jury trial back. Um, I know and, a guy. I, listen, I, I know a guy. I did from my hometown. They did the exact same thing you just said. Said, man, we're going to take it to jury. They gave him 40 years for two 20s of crack cocaine, man. That's my point. Two and, 20s. And people think, oh, no, no, no. The, ju the, the, uh, the judge won't let that happen. Oh, no. The judges will not. In rare cases, would they change a jury verdict? That's why we needed that. That law got passed. Yes, sir. Do you know how many prisoners of the 26,000 are serving an excessive sentence? Here's what an excessive sentence is. The prosecutor offers two years or three years. The defendant says, no, I didn't do it. Go to trial, jury mm -hmm. trial. Get 32 years. That's excessive. That's excessive. Yep. And that's, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate these type of bills um, because it, it, it needs to be done. It needs to be done, Senator, because uh, our prisons are packed with men and women at that they just want a second chance. They deserve a second chance. I was waiting. I waited over half of my incarceration for just a second chance. Yeah. You know, so. Um, uh, so what is the structure as far as. Uh, yeah. For instance, for instance, um, uh, the GCA level. All right. Could you clarify if a offender earning a GCA level one? All right. For a period of five years, with that said, if uh, uh, offender being earning uh, 65 percent good time, where they earn it 30 for 30. Do you know how that? Well, the, the structure is tiered. OK. OK. So that depending upon the crime and the classification, they can earn more good time credits as they go along. So what what happens now is that somebody could have. 45 or more percent of their time or more okay. eliminated. Okay? okay. Okay. I want to make it much simpler than the uh, earned credits. And I was a, I signed on to that bill. Okay. But I look at that as 
parole light. Mm. I want a full bill that grants mm. somebody parole so that they're eligible for parole after serving 25% of the sentence. Right. They get a 24-year sentence, okay? They've served six years, and in that six, quarter of their sentence, they've done everything they're supposed to do, okay? Right. Let them have an opportunity to make parole. Right. But let me ask you a question. People think, oh, yeah, but, but you don't mean for murderers. Yes, I do. Hmm. I do. Do you know the one crime that has the lowest recidivism rate of all of the hundreds and hundreds of crimes out there? Murder. What's the one crime that has the lowest recidivism rate? Murder. 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 That meaning murder. somebody's convicted of murder and they're paroled, they are less likely to reoffend than any other prisoner charged with any other crime. Right. Right. And, that, and it's, that's the truth of the matter. Um, let me ask you this. Um, when I was on your show. Uh, the Fighting Joe Morris Yes, show. sir. The Fighting radio Joe Radio show. Beautiful. Most popular radio talk show in Central Virginia. Tell them about. And how can they tune in? How can they tune into that? We're on four stations. All right. Uh, 12 to 1. Okay. The Hour of Power. Uh, every day, Monday through Friday. And on uh, 820, AM 820. Okay. 100.5 FM. Uh, 92.7 FM, okay. and just today went to a fourth station. <laughs> I think it's 107.2 FM. Right. That's that's great, and uh, congratulations on that fourth. Uh, when we were on... And we're I, also I live you, streaming. Okay, right. Be live yeah, streaming. Yeah, yeah. Facebook. Facebook Live, I, I, yeah. I, I, I definitely I mean, I, uh, I would be doing people a disservice that's right. if they didn't get to see my pretty face that's right. on, on radio. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I feel the same way. <laughs> so... Uh, one of the things I learned when, that from Muhammad Ali, right? When we were oh, whose glove I have you got right over there. You got I've got Muhammad there? Ali's workout glove. Wow, wow, that's nice. Uh, see if you get Ann that's to nice. pull that out of the. Um, yeah, bring that one out. Out of there, Matt, and I'll show. Put it on the. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of uh, uh, my business partners that um, on the printing side, we have a gym that was opened up uh, two years ago. In Gretna, Virginia, we got a pro, our first pro uh, event next okay. month. Next month, man, y'all come on down, man. It's gonna, it's okay. gonna be nice. It's gonna be nice. Um, when when I was on the fighting Joe Morrissey show, we talked about why the numbers, why it was realistic to bring back parole, and you were talking about a young man or woman being incarcerated versus. Oh, can you break those numbers down again? Sure. I think I was talking about, um, you know. As we, as we get older, right? you get older, I get older, right. we understand and appreciate time. And we realize that days are measured, okay? I'll give you an example. You take a 25-year-old who's married and has a kid or two kids. It's easier to miss a birthday or an event at school or not do something on the weekend with the kids. You know why? Because there's going to be a hundred other birthdays after that, hundreds of weekends, more performances, but as an older father, you realize that's not the case, okay? You never promised all that time to begin with, but even then, time goes so fast. Ask an a, a, a older parent, um, kids are in college or whatever, they will say universally, 100% of the time, I just don't know where the time went. And I heard that so many times before I had my kids that you know, listen, my kid could be a potted plant in a school play. I'm there watching it. Right. You know, I'm going to make sure that they're, they're, they try to be the best potted plant. But so equate that to people in prison. 
a 22-year-old, you know, uh, you know, time doesn't mean as much, perhaps, as to somebody that's 44 and can appreciate time. So um, I just, maybe that's what I was referring to when I was talking about, you know, the amount of time that people serve in prison. Right. This is not Joe Morrissey or Senator Morrissey saying, oh, let's give everybody a pass that commits a crime. Not at all. Right. But what I am saying is give that person hope. Right. Give them, allow them to have a second chance and prove their worth. Right. And you also uh, spoke about you have a 30-year-old man, right? And it costs how much for a 30-year-old? Oh, I That's see the cost, the economic healthy. cost, sure. Right. It costs approximately $40,000 a year to okay. incarcerate that person. Okay. That includes capital costs and the year average cost to put somebody in DOC. Okay. To feed them. Okay. They got to go to the doctor. You got to pay for that. Uh, their food, their housing, the jailer, the, the jailers there, the corrections officers. You're talking about forty thousand dollars a year. Mm. Somebody goes. If a, if a prosecutor offers somebody a sentence two years for say a drug offense, and they turn it down, right. and said I didn't distribute this gram of cocaine or gram of heroin. Right. No, and a jury gives them forty-two years. Right. Really? Wow. Why? Is the prosecutor proud that somebody got 42 years, the jury gave him 42 years, for a crime that you just offered him two years for? Multiply 40 years times 40,000. Wow. That's $1.6 million. Could that not be spent better somewhere else? So, in my, I know you'll show them the case afterwards, but um, can you see these? Wow. Signed by Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Ali. That's beautiful, man. Uh, and that's that's real. <laughs> that's yeah. real. Float like a butterfly, sting, sting like, like a bee. bee. Um, rumble, and, young uh, man, rumble. That's right. Ah. That's right. <laughs> that's beautiful, man. I used to laugh when he would talk about how pretty he was. And yeah, yeah. That George, George Foreman or Joe Frazier, he can't land a hand on me. Uh, yeah, remember beautiful. that? Yes, sir. Joe Frazier, yes, he's sir. the ugliest man yes, in the world. <laughs> and I'm Muhammad Ali, I'm the prettiest man. Yes, sir. Um, so yes, sir. we've got when you show your folks afterwards that yeah, that, uh, definitely took the pictures. The, the the case we've got like a dozen heavyweight boxing champions of right. the world there. Right. Um, and, and we were speaking about that, and that's why you have you have uh, you have a great name, fighting, fighting Joe Morris. Yeah, and fighting I don't like Joe the fact Morrison. that other people steal that fighting part of it. You and know, it is. <laughs> just, you know. Um, um, you know, this might be the first time that I actually put that glove on. Really? Put that glove on. Are you serious? I, yeah, I bought it. I'm not sure I that I... I know my And did I ever put it on? This? Hold on. I don't think so. Hold on. This is... Muhammad, Muhammad Ali trained this is, with these gloves. You're, he, you're holding... This is amazing. His DNA inside that glove is rubbing off on you right now. You, you might end up being as pretty as Muhammad Ali. <laughs> or you. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get any prettier. Come on. That's beautiful, man. See, did you see him? Did you hear what she said? She she watched, said? I can't hear any more of this. I can't hear any more of this. Hey, so, oh, what do you? How do your constituents feel about this bill? How do Which you bill? They like the fighting parole. Joe. Oh, I don't know anybody that if you explain it to them okay. that doesn't understand and appreciate it. Okay. People, I don't care how conservative they are. Right. They understand that there's value into turning somebody's heart. And mindset around. Mm. That's what parole does. It mm. gives them a reason 
to behave well in prison and to get out and keep on that straight and narrow path. Mm. How can anybody be opposed to that? That's right. I mean, you, right. if your child does something wrong and you discipline that child, you put them in time out, you deny them some treat or some reward, and they change their behavior, that's what you want. Right. That's what parole does. Right. We don't tell a child, well, you know, you drew on the walls and you kicked your sis little sister and you threw food all over the kitchen. Well, go to bed for the, you know, go to your room for the next, you know, 30 right. days. That, what? Right. What does that do? Right. Um, this is a, this question here is tough for me because I seen it behind the wall differently. Let's say bill is passed. You still have a parole board. How do you align the parole board with the bill? Well, I think you've got to put people on the parole board who, I'm not saying are bleeding hard liberals, but just appreciate the value of second chances and understand that an individual can change. Mm. Yes, the offense may have been horrific, but please look at what he has done or she has done in the ensuing decade, huh. okay? So I think you have to have a parole board that has a mindset that, you know, always be mindful of the victims and their families, but also be mindful that you can change, people change. Right. And if they do, you know, they're, um, they're, they're, they can be productive citizens, right. you know? Right. And people do change, don't they? They, they do, they I have do. an assistant around here whose hair changes every two weeks, you know? <laughs> She's she's worrying right now that I might say something, put her name out there, but because uh, I had changed it. <laughs> I'm just I'm just teasing. Her. Absolutely. Um, did she just make a gesture towards me? She may have. I don't. Okay. She, she may have. She that's, may have. I'll tell you, that's shocking. <laughs> shocking. So, um, if the it, we talked about the parole board being in sync, uh. What is the process of voting on a bill? What's the process, though? It's, you know, a bill is introduced, like mine will be introduced to reestablish parole. Okay. It'll go before subcommittee. Okay. Hopefully gets out of subcommittee. Then it'll go before the full committee, probably courts, uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee. Okay. We'll vote it out of that committee. It'll go before the full Senate. The full Senate will vote on that, okay? Okay. And I will encourage Republicans and Democrats alike, alike to vote for that bill. Then it'll go over to the House. Okay. Same thing, House Courts of Justice Subcommittee, full committee, and then the full House. Once the House votes on that bill, Senate votes on the bill, it goes over to the governor for his signature. Mm. That's a process. Mm -hmm. That's a process. Okay, okay. So uh, you talked about Fishback earlier. Uh, Fishback, we know, was uh, brought into play to remedy a problem, right? The, yeah, the problem with Fishback defendants, Fishback des des describes... A group of defendants that were tried by a jury between 1995 and 2000, and the jury was not told that their parole had been eliminated. Correct. So when they gave that person a sentence, they thought to themselves, oh, parole is still in effect. It wasn't. Mm. So they now have um, review for fishback defendants. That's great. But what about all the other folks that are being sentenced? The excessive sentences right. the mandatory minimums we've got to re and by the way that's my other bill that i'm introducing in 2022 to eliminate all mandatory minimum sentences in the code all wow. there's something like 223 
laws that carry mandatory minimum sentences, every one eliminated. Let the judge sentence according to what he or she feels is appropriate. Like that young boy that got 33 years on gun offenses because they were all, right. all the mandatory minimums stacked up. Right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. So also you, you, you help um, get past the juvenile law what's the what's the what's the the uh what's the rule for that because it's something like 20 well, the, years yeah or? if one if a defendant if juvenile has served 20 years okay. in respect of the sentence he or she is now eligible for parole okay well that's better than it was but so that means let's say a juvenile gets 60 years right the juvenile has served 20 years is now eligible for parole but what about a juvenile that got 20 years right. 22 years right Okay. Right. Um, or or say eighteen years. Let me go the other way. Eighteen years, or nineteen years, or seventeen years. They still got to serve their full sentence. So I want to introduce a bill that will reestablish parole for everyone. Right. Juveniles, adults, mm. irrespective of whatever their sentence is, they got a life sentence. Make them eligible for parole. Mm -hmm. Sixty years eligible for parole. A six-year sentence eligible for parole. Mm. That's a powerful bill. Yeah. That's a powerful I'm gonna bill. I'm going to get it done. I, th I was about to say, I think if anybody can get it done, it, it would be you that can get I'm it done. I'm Joe Morrissey, and I'm going to get it done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I really, I, I appreciate you. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot. I got a lot of calls. A lot of people from prison knew that we were coming up. Right. And, you know, they, they, they're really pulling. But it shouldn't, you know, in all honesty, and I appreciate those kind words, but let me, let me just say this, Sean, it shouldn't just be the family members of people that have people in prison mm -hmm. or somebody that has been incarcerated like yourself. If you're a conservative businessman or mm -hmm. businesswoman out there, if you are a Christian, if you are have conservative values, I appreciate that. You also want to get behind this bill because you realize That's right. that there's an economic savings to the Commonwealth That's right. and there's a human savings. That's right. Um, with, with that said, tell the people why voting is so important because we have elections coming up. Why is it important to vote? A lot of, a lot of people, they just don't understand the importance of voting. Well, they think my vote doesn't matter, and right. it does. Right. We had one House of Delegates election where it was a tie vote. Hmm. Okay, many that are that are decided by, you know, uh, uh, a few hundred votes. What happens when it's if a you tie? don't vote, you don't have any right to complain. Hmm. Okay, you have no right to complain. Um, and this year's elections will de be determined: governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general. And there's right. clear distinction between those three. Okay, I. I tend to, you know, I have a lot of Republicans on the other side of the aisle in the Senate, and I respect them. Mm. And and many of them, I'm thinking Bill Stanley, for example, um, Terry Kilgore in the House, they understand criminal justice reform. Mm -hmm. But there's others that aren't as wise as, say, the two men that I just mentioned. Uh, but in the Senate, I think of Richard Stewart and Stanley and Mark Peek, um, uh, Siobhan Donovan, um, uh, Todd Pullian, mm. um, Emmett Hanger, right. all Republicans, right. but they understand right. there's value to giving people second chances, and that's why we got to get it done. So, everybody, if you really think, if you want a better Virginia, if you believe that people 
can turn their lives around and you don't and you believe those economic savings you they would vote for people okay that they that support those issues not we know that you're not up for re-election this term but why are why is it so important and why are you fighting uh, Senator, the, fighting Joe Morrissey. Why, why, why is that important to you? Well, you're correct. I'm not up for re-election until 2023. Right. But just criminal justice reform, it's something that's ongoing. Right. You don't just do it at election time. You don't just visit churches and your constituents mm. at election time. You do it every year because you believe it. It's, in, it's part of your DNA. That's right. And that's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm sitting here right now with you. That's why I had you on my radio show. It's, it's ongoing. How do you say it? If you want to stay in shape, you don't do it every other year. You do it continuously. Right? Absolutely. You don't discipline your children on odd weeks. You do it continuously. Right. You don't, you know, eat healthy or have a healthy lifestyle every other month. You do it continuously. That's it. I just, I believe in, in, you know, in criminal justice reform. I want to see it enacted and I'm going to fight for it every single day. And that's why I want people out there, whether they're making $20,000 a year or $200,000 a year, whether they're black, they're white, independent, Republican, or Democrat, wherever part of the spectrum, economic spectrum, educational spectrum you fall in, vote. Right. Have a say. And here's the final thing. If you're an engaged citizen and you're engaged in civil affairs, you're going to be a better citizen. Absolutely. And I am... Uh a product of that second change. I'm a product of Mr. Morrissey's reform. Um, Senator, we thank you so much for My being pleasure. on. My pleasure. It was a great interview. Fantastic you. job. Thank Did you, you learn thank your you. skills as a podcast host in at, 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 at any time in prison? Did I you, did. did. I did had to really? be very diplomatic in prison. Yeah. <laughs> very diplomatic. Uh, this was a great interview. Thank you. Like I said, we both have a lot of passion for reform. Any way that uh, we can help you, you just let us know um, uh, with the 10 Minutes of Truth uh, podcast, man. Happy Thank you to so do much. It. Thank Honor you guys. To be on your show. 10 Minutes of Truth mission is aimed at bringing awareness to health, wealth, and the betterment of society as a whole. Subscribe and follow us as we drop an exciting new episode every Monday at 4.30, a platform you can call home. Thank you, and welcome to the truth. I want to thank our sponsors, the Trent Law Practice in Halifax. Mike is committed to our Southside Virginia community. He grew up here and came back after law school to work as a public defender before starting the Trent Law Practice with Blair. The Trent Law Practice focuses on helping our neighbors right here in Southside with criminal defense and family law. It can represent you on a personal injury or auto accident matter anywhere in Virginia. You can give them a call at 434-471-4339 or look them up at TrentLawPractice.com. Most Consults with Mike are free, either in the office or over the phone. That's TrentLawPractice.com or 434-471-4339.